Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Social Night, brought to you by Impact 89FM. I am your host for the day, Cameron Crawford, and I'm ready to talk about some Batman because that's what we're going to be doing today. We are going to go around the table real quick. I am joined by three lovely gentlemen, and we're going to start at Mike One. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Hello, everybody. Uh, I'm Ethan. What do you do at the Impact? I'm mainly uh, working in sports right now. Okay, okay. Let's go to Mike Two. Hi, everybody. Uh, my name is Nick. I am the host of the Hours of Power, the metal specialty show at Impact. Heck yeah. Let's hit Mike Three. Uh, hi, yeah. I'm Kale. I'm basically just an entertainment team writer right now. All right, all right. And I actually didn't introduce myself, uh, or at least, well, I didn't introduce myself, but I didn't, I didn't introduce what I do. I'm just air staff. Um, I am going for The Basement right now, which is a specialty show we do, but Hours of Power is pretty dope as well. So if y'all want to check that out, just feel free to do it because Nick is a fantastic host. Um, Mike 4, we are joined by the Impact Kangaroo. Uh, they will not have any input today, but they are joining us in spirit. That being said, um, we're going to go around the table real quick, and as a quick icebreaker, uh, let's talk about what our favorite Batman is. So, for me, I think the gold standard's Kevin Conroy. Like, you can't really compete with that. Um, you know, animated series, Arkham series, just the definitive Batman voice, but in terms of actors, I actually think that Robert, Robert Pattinson might be my new favorite, like, as Batman actor, although Christian Bale's very, a very close second for me. Ethan, go ahead. Uh, I would agree with uh, Robert Pattinson, except uh, you can't really beat the golden age of Adam West Batman. That's very true. That's very true. Uh, I have just a couple opinions about it because I I look at movies from pretty much the Batman films just from a film perspective because I'm very unfamiliar with the comics or the animated series or most of the animated work, and I think... Christian Bale is probably the best Bruce Wayne, but I think Robert Pattinson might be the best Batman, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Which we'll get we'll get to that later. Sorry to interrupt no, you, Kale. All right, go ahead. <laughs> I I kind of agree with that. I'm not really into all the animated stuff as much, but it's really a big toss up between Christian Bale and Robert Pattinson. That's fair. Which I think Ethan and I are kind of. Uh, oh yeah. Oh, and, yeah. And, yeah. In a way, we're. I do consider myself a Batman stan. Yeah, this so. is this is a good this is a good diverse array because we've got two guys that are like it seems like less into the comics versus two guys that are definitely very versed in the comics and whatnot. So that's that'll be interesting. I'm 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 glad that mm -hmm. we've got a nice array here. Um, we're gonna go ahead and just talk about first impressions, I guess. So if anyone wants to, oh, I guess I should summarize the movie first for anyone who's been living under a rock and hasn't. <laughs> hasn't heard about the movie because it's been doing incredibly well. Um, critics are raving about it. We're about to rave about it, I'm sure. Um, but the basis of the plot is we've got Gotham City, which is overrun with uh, corruption, I suppose. And the antagonist of the film, the Riddler, um, goes on a murder, murder spree to try and expose some of that corruption. And we've got the Batman working with the police force of Gotham City to try and uncover some of that corruption. Uh, we've also got a couple other quintessential Batman, like rogues gallery members, including the Penguin, who is sort of a minor, lesser character, but he is definitely a big plot point in terms of like the crime scene going on in Gotham. And then Catwoman as well is playing a pretty major role here, actually, as a side character, which I think the Zoe Kravitz was absolutely phenomenal she in that did role. Amazing. Oh, yeah. yeah. But um all that being said, that's a that's a quick summary. Um it's 
an earlier Batman story too. I think he's only in his second year of crime fighting, so it's definitely a much younger, much younger Bruce Wayne, much younger Batman. But all that being said, like I said, we can we can go ahead and start with first impressions. So whoever wants to go first, just go go at it. Uh, I I thought this movie was simply wonderful, and I say wonderful meaning I really enjoyed it because it's not a wonderful movie to watch. It's dark <laughs> and it makes you feel pretty bad sometimes. <laughs> Um, of all the of all the live action adaptations of Batman and of Gotham, I like this one the most because there is this idea that Gotham is overrun with crime. Gotham is a gross, dingy, disgusting place, and this is the first time where you really feel that. And whereas the Christopher Nolan movies, it kind of just felt like Chicago or New York, <laughs> which hey, no hate to Chicago or New York, but. Gotham really has its own like singular identity in this movie, and I think that is a huge asset in just the general will- world building of it. All right, yeah, absolutely. Uh, the the way that uh, Robert Pattinson connected kind of to the city with his Batman. Mm-hmm. Uh, the I guess the best way I can put this is having Batman be the symbol of fear and hope at the beginning, putting like scaring every criminal that you see in this like rotting city except for penguin uh-huh. uh it's it's really great to see uh cuz we haven't really seen this kind of aspect since like Christian Bale mm-hmm. i think yeah true yeah my i think my favorite thing about it was how dark it was mm-hmm. even though it wasn't like a rated r movie mm-hmm. you could still feel those aspects coming through with just kind of you know, the vibe, the tone of it. And I really liked how it took a darker aspect than, you know, Ben Affleck in Batman v Superman. Like, he, it just didn't feel like Batman, you know? Right. It, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Uh, I'm going to circle back to what Nick said real quick is hot take. And this is like, y'all can clown on me for it. Like, I don't, I don't care. But I, like, incredibly hot take. I think the best adaptation of Gotham that we've gotten prior to this one is possibly Batman Forever because it's like granted it's like silly and goofy and whatnot but it's like it, it's it's the most original Gotham I think that's like that's not like you said like just Chicago or, yeah. <laughs> or like some pre-existing city or like I mean even Batman versus Superman where it's like it's clearly just like Detroit in Chicago like it's <laughs> like you know you know what I'm saying um but I, I, this is definitely the best Gotham City we've gotten to date. Um, I guess I should preface and say that we are going to be talking about spoilers probably on this <laughs> on this podcast. So anyone that's listening, feel free to tune out. We haven't talked about anything super big as of yet, but we we definitely will be later. So uh, that being said, yeah, I think I, I absolutely loved the movie. Um, upon first viewing, uh, Ethan and I were able to see it early on because MSU did a an early screening of the film, but. Uh, yeah, so it, that, that that was that was an incredible experience. Kind of the the lead up to it wasn't great, but <laughs> the movie itself was very good. And I saw I've seen this movie three times now, and it's gotten better. I think every single time I've seen it, like I gave the movie a ten out of ten. I'm using quotes on my first viewing because it 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 was it was different. Like a big part of my shtick has become viewing superhero films as films 
before I view them as like superhero films, if that makes sense. Like I, I don't mind the MCU, but I've become very disenchanted with their formula and I enjoy things that feel like they have their own, they have their own identity. So this, this film was definitely like, if you remove the IP from it, it has more in common with like an art noir film or seven than it does with like any other Batman film before it, in my opinion. And I really, I really like that. Like I, I think Matt Reeves did a phenomenal job and I just cannot quit raving about this film personally. Um, okay. So it seems like everyone enjoyed it for the most part. How do we, how do we feel like out of 10 giving it a rating? Like, cause I, I gave it a 10, but like, I think it's probably more like a 9.5 for me personally, because you know, no film's going to be perfect. And there were some things I could like nitpick about, I suppose in the movie, but still very, very good overall. So I guess out of 10, we can go around the table and figure out who's giving the movie what score. I'd have to hop on that 9.5 train because to me, absolute, like probably as close as you can to get to perfect Batman movie for me. I, But like you said, there's like one or two things that could could have been done better in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm probably floating somewhere around a nine. I always hesitate to give a movie a 10 unless like, I, I don't really any give anything a 10, like off rip. I usually, you know, let it sit for me, sit with me for a while. And then, you know, if it has like a more personal importance and like speaks to me, then it's probably a 10, but no, probably floating around a nine. Cause just, just kind of blew me away. Yeah, sure. You know, I'm kind of sitting around an eight or a nine. I think there are a couple things like, uh, it probably could have been a little shorter in my opinion. That's kind of a detriment. Cause I didn't want to sit for three hours in a movie just cause that's forever at this point. And I kind of wish that, the penguin was used a little more. He just kind of felt like a side character when I think the penguin is someone that like deserves a little more, even though this is more than we've seen in just about a lot of media that I've seen from the penguin. Since Danny DeVito. Oh yeah, true. (laughs) The perfect penguin. Yeah. Gold standard, obviously. Um, I am going to circle back to side characters later on, but I want to dive right into like what I think is, one of the best aspects of the movie and one of the most underrated aspects of the movie that people don't seem to be talking about much, which is the Batman's arc. Um, I I personally loved it. I think that any good bat. So to me, Batman is quintessentially a character about overcoming trauma and using that trauma to become sort of like a symbol of hope. And I think that's exactly what his what his character was in this movie. Like, I know people are like saying that his Bruce Wayne wasn't the best. I actually personally loved his Bruce Wayne. Like I don't, obviously he wasn't that frequently in the film, but like, like he wasn't, he didn't show up that frequently in the film as his Bruce Wayne persona. But I think a big part of that's like, because he's so disillusioned with what Gotham city's become. And he truly believes that there's nothing he can do for the city other than being, the Batman, even though when he makes public appearances, people are like all over him. Oh, it's Bruce Wayne. It's it's the orphan that's suddenly so successful as the sob story turns success. But like he's he's just not existent in that persona. He thinks as Batman. But I love that. Like it's every word that he doesn't say in the movie that I think is perfectly acted. Like I think Robert Pattinson absolutely killed it in this movie. 
and I can get more into that in a second, but I don't want to dominate too much time on the on the air, so we can go around and talk about his arc if you all if you all want to. Uh, yeah, I probably one of my favorite things about what he did as Batman is he was a flawed Batman. Like he's not a perfect person. He makes mistakes. He's fleeing from the police, and he takes his wingsuit and he just gets clipped by the bridge in probably one of the funnier sight gags in the movie. Mm -hmm. And it's things like that, things where in the opening he is really just going ham on these people, these uh, criminals, the thugs, I guess. And there's like an uncontrolled like brutality to him where he's like, he's he hasn't figured this out yet. He's trying to funnel this into fighting crime, but he's just beating up random muggers. It's like, it's really uncontrolled. Yeah, I that that was actually one of my favorite aspects was the fact that he is so brutal at the beginning. And it's, especially for early age Batman, and especially it was like the 70s, I think, is when they took the dark turn. Uh, just seeing this on the live screen as they do it, it's it's so great because it's so true to his character that he he goes from being such a brutal person to being more compassionate and being like as Cam talked about a symbol of hope instead of a symbol of fear, which this movie did perfectly, in my opinion. Yeah, going back to Robert Pattinson's Bruce Wayne, I think just how withdrawn he is from the entire city of Gotham at this point kind of shows like okay, what is this orphan who's grown up with really only Alfred and, uh, you know, other people that are basically taking care of him? How can this one kid be a functioning member of society with this high rank as CEO of uh, Wayne Enterprises? You know, giving Batman that you know other side of him that we haven't really seen too much, the withdrawn aspect of just an orphan who has all this money and doesn't know what to do with it. Yeah, I completely agree. I, like I said, I think his I think his Bruce Wayne is actually incredibly underrated. Like, obviously, he's not. We get maybe like a total of five minutes of Bruce Wayne in this entire movie. It's a <laughs> yeah. three hour long movie. Yeah. We get maybe like five minutes of him in total. But it's every like that funeral scene. I think might actually be one of my favorite sequences in the movie. The way he looks at the, I don't remember the mayor's name. I <laughs> does anyone else remember the mayor's name? Uh, off the top of my head, no. The mayor candidate, the the uh, no, Real. Real. Real, yeah. yeah. I can't remember the uh, standing mayor in the movie. No. Yeah, Ethan's pulling it up on his on his phone. But the the mayor that got assassinated um, early on, his kid, like the way that that mirrors Bruce's own story, and it's like everything that he wants to say to that kid to like let him know that it's gonna be okay, but that he can't say. I think is phenomenal like i just absolutely adore that like because he's like i said he's so caught up in his own batman persona that he doesn't he, he doesn't view bruce wayne as a luxury he can afford he just views wanting to make a change as batman and he can't do that the way he wants to he needs to become sort of that symbol of hope which like i said i think is the cornerstone of any really great batman story or any really great early on Batman story, I should say. Yeah, I yeah, think. And, sorry to interrupt, but it's a uh, Mayor Mitchell. That's Mayor what Mitchell. It was. Yeah, Mayor Mitchell. Yeah, I think I, th I think Robert Pattinson is really terrific at communicating 
with just his eyes and his mouth. Like, it just yeah. as an actor. He can do a lot with a little, and I don't mean that to, you know, badmouth the script or anything, but when he's being silent and he can only look with his eyes and his mouth or when he's acting behind the cowl, like, oh my goodness, he can communicate just this sadness, this empathy. Like, when he sees Mayor Mitchell's son, there is this deep sadness and compassion he has, but he can't say anything exactly. because he just yeah. can't. That was one of the things that I saw when I first saw the movie because he sees uh, the mayor's son at the crime scene first and then later in the movie at the funeral. And I could just see in Robert Pattinson's eyes like the Bruce Wayne aspect there of like, I understand where you're at. I've seen my parents die. I was right there. And that's one of the things I saw Bruce Wayne coming out of Batman when he was in the cowl, not just when he has to facade as Bruce Wayne as he basically was in this movie instead yeah. of the other way around. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I I adored his entire his entire character arc. Do y'all want to get into side characters first or do you want y'all want to talk about Riddler? Ah. Both are great. True. I'm I'm a big Paul Dano guy over here, so I would love to talk about Riddler. <laughs> All right, we can we can hop right into the Riddler. Nick, you can you can take it away. Um so as I said, Big Paul Dano guy over here, big fan, probably my favorite performance and maybe his most iconic is There Will Be Blood, which is just a top five movie all time for me. He's really good at being this, I, I hesitate to say pathetic, but I kind of mean pathetic, uh, <laughs> this sort of pathetic energy, but it's really vibrant and he's able to sort of capture the screen anytime he's there even if he's being a, a little weird guy. <laughs> yeah, his performance, I will say, when I first saw him, because I've, I've never heard of Paul Dano before this. I just never crossed my mind. But when I saw him and I saw that he'd be playing the Riddler, I was a little uncertain. But I was so wrong. When he first appeared, I couldn't help but laugh, just the way he looks. But as his performance gets on, it's so uncanny and it's really unnerving to think like this could actually like this is his frame of mind when he's doing these actions like yeah i think the best way to describe it is just uncomforting exactly like, how it just makes you uneasy in the theater when you see him on the screen compared to you know uh jim carrey riddler in batman <laughs> forever it's like two complete opposite sides of the spectrum for the same character mm-hmm yeah, I, I think that the way that the Riddler was utilized was a very, very effective kind of modernization of the character. I think that the way that he interacts with the story and the way that he exposes corruption and kind of has this sick, twisted version of, like, the way that he, in his own mind, is teaming up with Batman and, like, helping him to kind of take down all these corrupt figures, or at least figures he views as corrupt, like, because obviously the Wayne's not... He doesn't. He didn't have the full story. He just viewed them as corrupt. But the the way he kind of obsesses over Bruce Wayne, and that's what drives him to kind of the brink of a san insanity and like trying to uncover all these hidden secrets within Gotham. I think was incredibly well done. Um, getting back to Ethan's point of like the unnerving aspect, I was actually talking to Ethan like on our way back to the from our first viewing. Um, we were talking about how like. Yeah, he's very unnerving, and, like, it's when he shows up and, like, it's kind of like the 
Oh, guys, I want I want to thank you so much for what what the what these few months weeks have <laughs> <Yeah>. meant to me. <laughs> like, thank you so much for 500 subscribers. This week's <laughs> sponsors, Raid Shadow Legends. Um, it's really effective in like making him kind of this almost outcast, I guess. I don't know if anyone else did. Ethan and I definitely laughed at like a few of his like temper tantrums when he was like on the phone that one time in the in during the funeral procession and like. Yeah. He was like screaming at like the the DA. Like I I was laughing during that scene because it was like it was unnerving, but it was funny. It's like the same way that, and we'll talk about the Dark Knight later because to me that's like the only contest for this movie personally. But mm -hmm. uh, I think so. While I think Heath Ledger's Joker is a better villain, this performance I think is like pretty close, and I also think that um the way that they kind of mirror each other in that a lot of what they say is very unnerving, but like you still laugh. Like you don't feel good about laughing. Yeah. <laughs> but but you still laugh. It's kind of like that nervous response of of just laughter, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I think Paul Dano, all his all his line deliveries, especially when he's on the phone and kind of going ah, like his screaming, <laughs> like the voice that he had, because. Batman doesn't really have like a Batman voice like Christian Bale does, mm -hmm. but Paul Dano kind of has like a Riddler voice. Mm -hmm. And he is really great at comedy. Like mm -hmm. there are there are scenes where he there are jokes. Like this is I hesitate to say a funny movie, but there are some pretty good jokes in this movie. And oh, but yeah. it's not not like what you would see in a Marvel movie where everything kind of stops for a quip and a quip and a quip. But they flow really naturally. But Riddler's whole performance is a little bit of a joke with how over the top he is, mm -hmm. and he's screaming when he's behind the behind the glass in the end, and well, not quite at the end in the third act, and he's screaming this massive temper tantrum like this is not how it's supposed to go. Ah, it's like that's funny, mm -hmm. and I think Paul Dano knows it's funny, and Matt Reeves knows it's funny, mm -hmm. but there is that you know little itch under your skin where you're like it's funny because it's fake but it's unnerving because there is this air of realism to it mm -hmm. and his whole online not online persona but his online following is really that's probably the most uncomfortable thing for me yeah in the era of online conspiracies and things in the nature of Q and being able to organize radicals it's it's the part that made my skin crawl the most because while it's a fictional movie there's those real life aspects to it and it made me you know a little squirmy in the seat yeah i completely agree anyone else have any input or not really no. yeah no i, I think we that was about perfect yeah and speaking of like jokes in the movie i've seen a lot of people well, A, I've seen a lot of people complaining about the movie because it, like, oh, it wasn't like a Marvel movie, which it was never supposed to be. It was not like supposed movie. to be. Yeah, it was never supposed to be yeah. like a Marvel movie. That's that's why I liked it. But, um, yeah. So on the topic of jokes, a lot of I've seen a lot of people say that the movie didn't have any jokes, which isn't true. Oh no, the movie definitely had humor in it. Like when the cop shows up during the very first scene, he looks at Batman and goes. You probably love this, this night, don't you? <laughs> Happy Halloween, you know. Like it's that's that's a joke when you have the th the thumb drive, and then Gordon's like, "Oh, this guy's hilarious," because it's the thumb drive. Yeah. That's a joke. Yeah. 
Like it's that's fun. I laughed at that scene. That was funny. Um, so it's 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 a different kind of humor, and it's we can get into this later. I think a little bit, but I think the MCU has kind of paved its own way. Um, oh yeah, and has changed the way that pe- people view superhero media for better or for worse. I think for worse personally, but that's that's my own opinion. Um, but yeah, it's it's it was you know it was never supposed to be that. Like it was it's 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 its own thing. It's got its own identity. It's incredibly well done. Like I said, if you remove the IP, it's still an incredibly well done movie. I guess we can get into side characters now. Did anyone have a particular side character they were fond of? I'm very glad they did Catwoman justice in this movie. Oh yeah, that's one of my favorite things because there hasn't really been a good live action version of Catwoman yet and I think this is definitely the best that we've seen of that character yeah she definitely as you said was given a lot more justice Mm -hmm. in this her character development was amazing I liked it very very much I I loved how Zoe Kravitz played it but personally uh, I was not expecting to be so entranced by a John Turturro performance as Falcone (laughs) because I grew I mean as any kid who's kid who is now 20 years old uh i grew up around transformers and he's the haha funny guy (laughs) who gets peed on by bumblebee right and just to see him become this kind of shadowy figure who's being protected uh, by the government by the government by the city officials as this informant and there's this darkness to him i he was funny in the big lebowski but he seemed like a bit character he really seems to steal every scene he's in in this his his delivery is just the perfect amount of like yeah i'm a scummy criminal Mm -hmm. but i know that i can get away with this he like as far as side characters go i think falcone portrayed by john totoro kind of stole it for me that's completely fair oh yeah Mm -hmm. i think colin farrell's penguin was absolutely phenomenal close second yeah i was laughing at every i was dying when he was like, world's greatest detectives, come on. Am I the only one that speaks Spanish? Yeah, because, well, I to be fair, I do have a personal bias because, like, that's just me in Spanish. Like, <laughs> I, I'm the only one who knows the difference between Al and La. I did not expect the Batman movie to help teach me proper Spanish, but it <laughs> well, there did. You go. So. There you go. Yeah, I absolutely loved, I think, just every single, there wasn't a single character I didn't absolutely adore mm. in the movie. Oh, absolutely. Every single side character is so well utilized. Even yeah. Officer Martinez has like this character arc where he's like, he looks at Batman, he's like freak, and then he's like, you know, the funny Mr. Wayne scene. Yeah. And then by the end of the movie, he's helping Batman uncover the end of the film when Riddler blows up those several different the the dams, da- the, yeah, the yeah. dams, and flooding the city. Like that's that's just a well done character arc. That's a well done utilized side character zoe kravitz completely agree with you guys like probably the best Catwoman we've gotten with the exception of maybe 1966 <laughs> yeah J- joking no <laughs> um yeah no i absolutely loved zoe kravitz in the film um the way that she was utilized the way that she interacts with batman the way that she interacts with falcone i think is realistic i just she did she nailed it she knocked it out of the park in this one Let's get into kind of the exploration of corruption within the city because I think that's a very interesting topic. And I really, really loved Gotham. And Nick and I talked about this earlier, but um, yeah, just the way Gotham was 
was kind of portrayed and the way that it felt like a city. Gotham like feels like a city here, and it's just full of life and character, I guess. Anyone want to start about like just Gotham as a as a whole? Or I just have a quick thing about Gotham, how Gotham looks. Besides production design, I was listening to an interview with Matt Reeves, and he was talking about choosing lenses and what they were going to shoot the film on. And they went to the lens manufacturer, and they chose their lenses. And the manufacturer said, "These are not the best lenses. Like there are flaws on the edge of the screen. It'll be like fuzzy and grimy." And Matt Reeves was like, "Good, we want that." And it just it adds to the production design and making everything feel grimy and rainy like in the car chase scene they're hard mounted onto the cars the cameras and they're shaking there's raindrops all over them and it's just everything feels so visceral in this movie even if you're just looking at a rainy street it's just wonderful Mm -hmm. yeah i think it says a lot when a director goes with something that might not be like the best like just to support their artistic vision rather than oh i want this top of the line most clear best color lens it's like everything had a reason to be picked, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Everything that Matt Reeves did, especially, as you said, like the lens, set design, character, every, everything just made it feel real. It feels like I could actually go there. Right. And production design is also very, like, it's a huge, I would not be surprised if this movie won an award for, like, best sound design or something because that car mm-hmm. chase scene... Oh my goodness. Was yes. absolutely yeah. phenomenal. Oh, you yeah. felt every single rev of the engine, every single gear shift that happens, every single like turn that they make. Like you feel that in your bones. The way it's done is just so well put together. Absolutely adored that scene. Um and just sound design in general. I mean, I know Something in the Way by Nirvana is like becoming like a meme now, but like yeah. that's <laughs> low key a very good choice for the yeah. for the movie. Yeah. Like it's just oh, yeah. well utilized and well done. Um, we can start getting into, I guess, comparisons to other Batman media and specifically films, I suppose, if we want. Um, and I'm sure we're going to be predominantly talking about the Dark Knight because I think we can all agree that, or at least the Nolan trilogy as a whole, is probably the the definitive prior to this um, oh, yeah. for Batman Batman films. Um, so if anyone wants to take a stab at it, go for it. I recently watched the Nolan films because uh, it's been a little while, and I figured with the new release I might as well catch up. But The Dark Knight is the only one that can hold a candle to the Batman. Uh, but at the same time, I think the way Batman is done with Pattinson is, I don't really know how to describe it. It just feels better than the way Christian Bale's Batman is done. It it feels more like a character arc for Batman. Uh, I absolutely agree that Joker was better than Riddler. Just Heath Ledger, you can't compare with that. It's, yeah. it's Heath mm-hmm. Ledger. Yeah. Heath Ledger Joker. Perfect casting. But at the same time, uh, the movies are very even with me. It's it's because they both have their ups and downs. Mm-hmm. I mentioned this earlier that I think that Christian Bale's Bruce Wayne is uh, a better Bruce Wayne, mm-hmm. and I say that only because Christian Bale's Bruce Wayne has more life to him. Mm-hmm. He kind of plays yeah. like what I imagine a realistic 
Tony Stark would play like if we're making comparisons to other superhero movies. But there's this grounded nature to Bale's Bruce Wayne where he is this billionaire playboy philanthropist. <laughs> he is, he's this, he's kind of this haha funny guy. I mean, in The Dark Knight, in order to get Lau back to Gotham, he fakes absconding with the entire Russian ballet. Oh, was, I love that scene. <laughs> which so is much. Yeah. such a, you know, I'm a big baller. This is going to be my move. Sigma grind set. It's, it's <laughs> such a Sigma grind set. Um, yeah, but the tone of that movie was a little bit up and down, night and day, versus when he was Bruce Wayne and when he was Batman, because mm-hmm. he has, you know, he has the voice on Batman. <laughs> yeah. Where is she? Yeah, but I I think Robert Pattinson's uh, lack of voice, that he didn't really have a gravelly Batman voice, was an asset because he felt more like a unified character. Like, he wasn't two different people as Bruce Wayne and Batman, which is what I feel kind of Christian Bale's was. Mm-hmm. I would actually like to touch up, because that's a really great point. And the whole, like, one of the major aspects of Batman's character is the fact that he has these two split personalities, right? Mm-hmm. The way that that wasn't the case in this movie really shows, I think it was what you said earlier, Cam, how he's just full-heartedly dedicated. Like, he doesn't see any bonus that he can give as Bruce Wayne. He can only mm-hmm. see that he can help as the Batman. And I don't know if we're going to touch upon this later, but they definitely left some uh, hints for future movies, future sequels. Mm-hmm. And if they were to do that, I think they have to start dwelling into him realizing he can actually help as Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the big things I want to compare it to is in The Dark Knight Rises, actually, when mm. Bane blows up, uh, was it baseball stadium or football stadium? Football, football, football stadium, yeah. yeah. In Robert Pattinson's Batman, there's not really a scene that compares to that, maybe besides the dams blowing up, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. flooding the city. But it just felt that, this new version of the Batman, this the movie in general, didn't need these grandiose uh, events happening to cause Batman to go after this villain. It's just Batman going after a villain to stop the corruption in the police force and in the city government. Because not every movie needs to be like a Marvel movie where the world is going to end. Mm-hmm. It can mm-hmm. be a smaller, more uh, directed movie. Yeah. I personally very much compare... Well, not compare, sorry. I personally very much prefer grounded stories, especially in superhero media. Spider-Man's my favorite superhero ever, but that's only because he feels like a real person and, like, the best media that he's in. He, he's a real person. Like, the, the core aspect of Spider-Man is that he's a relatable character. Batman has sort of that same appeal. This is a regular... I mean, not a regular guy because he's a billionaire, right? But, <laughs> yeah. but people... The best comparison I've seen is people aspire to be Superman, but people can actually see themselves being Batman because he doesn't have any powers. You know, he's, reg- like I said, regular guy minus the superpower of billions of dollars. But <laughs> So I think that's a pretty core aspect of Batman and something I've seen kind of circulating on like my socials and stuff is that the Nolan movies spent a very long time trying to justify how and why Batman could exist in the real world, whereas this movie just kind of accepts it. It's just Batman exists. These other things are happening. They exist. We're rolling with it. That's the way it is. Like, that's 
and it's it's kind of quintessentially Batman in that aspect, if that makes sense. Like he's, it doesn't need to justify the existence of why he's there. He's just there, and it and it rolls with it. And I really appreciate that. Um, I, f- I personally, like I said, I think the Dark Knight, like Ethan said, I'm I kind of weigh them evenly. I think they're pretty neck and neck personally. You because like I mean, each has their own pluses and minuses, right? Like I said, I think Heath Ledger's Joker is just, you can't do better than that. That's one of not only the best superhero villains, period, if not the best superhero villain, period, but one of the best, like, villains, period, okay. at this point. Like, people are, people, I think, can more or less agree to that. It's like, he's just well-acted, well-done, yada, yada, yada. I do agree with you, Nick. I think that Christian Bale, I completely forgot his name, Christian Bale's <laughs> bat, uh, Bruce Wayne is definitely better, Um I think a big part of that is he's had time to set up that persona. He's had time to mm-hmm. think that over. I because in begins like the first one, I think there's a much closer sort of portrayal of Bruce Wayne in that film to the one that we got in this one, where he's brooding for the longest time until he eventually, you know, burns his money, gives his jacket away, goes to. I'm forgetting what country it was, but goes to train with the League of Assassins, uh, the League of Shadows, League of League Assassins, of Shadows and League of Shadows, yeah, yeah. and kind of get into his his Batman era. But in terms of the Dark Knight, definitely like a very even split, I think, between Batman's screen time and Bruce Wayne's screen time. So absolutely, I think Christian Bale's a better Batman. But like I said, I I do think that Robert Pattinson's Bruce Wayne, or I said. Better Batman. I meant better Bruce Wayne. You, you all know what I meant. <laughs> um, yeah, I do think uh, Robert Pattinson's Bruce Wayne persona, once he gets time to develop, and ideally this will be in the sequel, because we all know there's going to be a sequel yeah. at this oh, point. Yeah. Yeah. In this sequel, I think more development of that character is going to be phenomenal. And he needs to get a Robin. Oh, yeah. Dick Grayson mm-hmm. is my favorite character in DC. Batman needs a Robin. Like if there is if there is a Batman that ever deserved a Robin more mm-hmm. than any other actor, it's it's this rendition of Bruce Wayne. Like he needs one in his life. That's going to be integral to his arc. Oh yeah. Cool. I don't know if there's anything else y'all want to talk about. I've got like one final icebreaker before we end, but if y'all have any talking points you want to cover, feel free to just go for it. You mentioned Heath Ledger's Heath Ledger's Joker and I just want to sort of bring up the comparison of the Riddler to the Joker, because we didn't go too in-depth about that, mm-hmm. but the dynamic of Joker to Bale's Batman and Riddler to Pattinson's Batman is kind of the same but different. Mm-hmm. There is this element of completion where Joker literally says in The Dark Knight, you complete me, I don't want to kill you. They are sort of two sides of the same coin, mm-hmm. but that is a little bit twisted in the Batman where Riddler thinks he's working with Batman. He thinks they're on the same Mm -hmm. team. And I think that is just a fun thing to think about that I I always love when the villain thinks they're doing the right thing instead of, ah, I'm crazy. But they (laughs) make them feel more real. Yeah, they they genuinely think that they're doing a good thing. But Mm -hmm. I'm exposing corruption. How is this a bad thing? I'm working with another guy who's hiding behind a mask. How is this a bad thing? It's just an interesting dynamic between the two. How they both complete Batman, but in different ways. Yeah, completely agree, which mm-hmm. I don't think that Ledger is that much better than Dano's Riddler, 
Like, don't get me wrong. I think it is better, but I, like I said, they're like neck and neck for me. Yeah. Like, it's just barely because of that aspect. Like, anytime you have a villain that's arguably doing the right thing, or at least has good intentions and is going about it the wrong way, that's a good villain to me. That's always been like the gold standard for any antagonist to any media for me is, is someone who has probably good intentions is just going about it the wrong way. Um, cool. So I think that about wraps it up. I do have one final icebreaker before we head out here. Um, and that is that Matt Reeves prior to the release of the film said that Robert Pattinson's Batman has a playlist of varying artists such as Bauhaus, Joy Division, The Cure, uh, New Order. I believe there were a few other ones, but I just wanted to go around real quick and wonder if there are any bands that y'all think should be on that list. He just like me for real. He, yeah. <laughs> he's, yep. He's the best Batman because all it took was for him to beat up a Redditor and then... The, the Redditor. Yeah. He just we, like me for real. We need to we need to shut down Reddit immediately. <laughs> <laughs> if there's any message we got from the Batman, it's that we need to shut down Reddit immediately. Absolutely. Right. All right. Well, I think that wraps up this episode of The Social Night. Thank you, gents, for coming on in. It's been a very fun time. Um, and I hope everyone who's listening right now has a very nice rest of the day, week, month, year. I don't know, man. <laughs> Y'all can catch us doing stuff at Impact. Mm-hmm. You know, Feel free to check out E-Team. Feel free to check out Sports Department. Feel free to check out Air Staff because – or literally any other thing we have going on because <laughs> yeah. we've got like a lot going on. Yeah, we've got like 320 something people working on the station. Cool. That's all for me, guys. Thank you.